Welcome to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura. You got to be all in to prayer if your prayers are going to work. And this is the King James Version. Speaking of Jesus, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, was heard in that he feared. Now I'm going to have to put up the New Living Translation because it's more contemporary and it doesn't do damage to the word. I relate to the New Living Translation here better than I would this because it's more plain. If you, if you have it, would you put it up please? There it is. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one, meaning God, who could rescue him from death. I like this. And God did what? Heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Leave that on the screen. Point your hands this way. Pray 10 seconds for me. Point your hands. Just ask God to help me. I can't do a thing without him. Come on. Let me hear you pray for me. I need, I need your prayers. I'm not an entertainer. I'm not a statesman. I'm not even. A, I'm only flesh. Father, help me today. Help me not to exploit the congregation or exploit the word. Help me not to read anything that's not there or, or omit anything that is there. And change us through prayer. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, on the light side. This, uh, I, was, I heard this humorous story from the video cast online of Mount Perrin Central Church of God, which is pastored by Dr. David Cooper, whom I had the privilege of attending Lee University with. It was called Lee College back then. Dr. Cooper will be preaching for me in September this year, or somewhere along there. It has a beautiful church right off the interstate. So he told this little cute story I liked about prayer. This Catholic couple had tried to conceive a child and have a baby, but they were unsuccessful. Repeatedly they had tried, and they could not conceive and have a child. So they went to their priest to ask him to pray about this which I've had people ask me to do that also, and I'm happy to do it. And the priest said to them that he will be going on a year sabbatical to Vatican, and he'll be at St. Basilica, which I believe is the cathedral at the Vatican, and when he gets there, he'll be gone for a year. He will light a candle for them to remind him to pray that they can have a child. So the year passed by and the priest came home and he saw this mother with two babies in a buggy and he recognized her to be the lady for whom he prayed while at Saint, he lit a candle for them. And he said, my goodness, who are these? She said, we had twins while you were away. He said, congratulations. And she said, I'm pregnant now with twins and he said well where is your husband I want to congratulate him I know he must be overwhelmed and she said he is on his way to Rome to 
the cathedral of, 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 uh, where you lit a candle for us? He's on his way there to blow out the candle. I mean, no prayers work. The New International Dictionary, put it on the screen, says, Prayer is the spiritual response, spoken on, spoken to God, who is known. Not merely to know He exists, but He has revealed Himself and has invited His creation to have communion with Him. That's prayer. Prayer covers a wide spectrum, and you might want to write this down. It involves addressing God and hearing from God. Can I get an amen? Here's, you might want to write this down. Prayer involves interceding with God and waiting for the Lord. Can I get a witness? I would propose to you that the promises found in God's Word are not to supersede prayers. Oh, well, pastor, there are hundreds of thousand promises in God's Word. I'm just going to claim them. You can, but you must include prayer. you got to use the means of prayer to claim the promises if they're going to be effective in your life. Because you can't live like you want to and do what you want to do without going through Him who is holy. But if you're living right and you're trying your best and you fall, get up and pray again. Amen? So, I'm here to tell you that if Jesus prayed passionately and He was God in the flesh, who else is better qualified? God who did not need to pray. He could take five loaves and two fish and feed 5,000 men, not count women and children, and have 12 baskets over. He didn't need to pray. He could walk on the water and calm the waves. He didn't need to pray. He could cast out demons out of one man that had so many demons. He was called Legion. And Legion was as much as, a Roman Legion was as much as over 500 to 1,000 soldiers. He didn't have to pray. He was God. He could take water and turn it into wine at a wedding when they ran out of wine. But he prayed because he also was God but in the flesh. He came in the flesh so he could acquaint himself with our fears, with our burdens, with our needs. Like Pastor Jeff said, he came to exchange, to trade his royal throne for a season. Lay down his royal scepter, lay down his royal crown, take off his royal robe and become one of us. And instead of being born at the best hospital in Bethlehem, if they had him, he was born in a manger where cows and goat and sheep, he was born in a watering trough which is dry where animals are fed because he came to the lowest so he could point him to the highest. Can somebody say amen? And there were times in Jesus' life when he prayed. Look, let me show you. Just when and how did Jesus pray? He prayed at critical moments. He prayed during his ministry. He prayed at his miracles. And he prayed for others. And what I want to do today is, number one, I just want to spend a little time together here with you about praying at critical moments. I won't do anything with the other three because I won't have time. 
A few weeks ago on a Wednesday night, Pastor Jeff preached about a place of prayer. And he taught us about the disciples asking Jesus, or requesting of him, Lord, teach us to pray. And Pastor Jeff brought that word and does every Wednesday night when he gets a chance. The only time he doesn't get a chance is one Wednesday night, the pipes busted and you couldn't come. And this Wednesday night, everything was frozen over. So whenever he gets a chance, he preaches. But I bought that CD. Oh, I got it donated to me since I'm the pastor. Uh, I don't want to tell a lie. A sure way to learn about anything is to study about it and observe the life of someone who does what you want to learn to do. I want to be a better preacher. I will always be a student. For the last seven months, once a month, Pastor Jeff and I and sometimes other staff members have been going to a pastor's coaching network for the whole day. From about 9 to about, we turn home about 4.30. I'll go next, this month, next Tuesday. Pastor Jeff is going with me. Because we want to be better. I have books. I have CDs. I have tapes. You remember the old tapes, you know? I, I got stuff. I got books in the library here at the church and home that I want to, I, I can't quit learning. I, I want to study after there people who've been there and done that and do it well. My favorite preacher is Bishop T.D. Jakes. He, he can preach in one sermon a whole series. I am going... And taking Pastor J.C. with me on the 5th of March, because Pastor J.C. pastors in, my son-in-law of course, and it's a mission church replant, so we're helping them. I've already bought my ticket, I've already got my room reserved, I already paid my registration, and on, on March 5 through 8, I'm going to be at the Pastors and Leadership Conference with Bishop T.D. Jakes, because he's been there and he's done it, and I want to be better. I'm going to other conferences. I'll never get through learning. I want to be a better shepherd, a better preacher. I want to be, I want to be around people who've been there and done that and wrote the book and bought the t-shirt. Put on, put on the screen the text for me, if you will. Hebrews 5 and 7. This is Jesus praying. Who, meaning Jesus, in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, but vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, was heard because of his godly fear, his reverent submission. The word prayer at the end of the first line, everybody see it? Or prayers in the Greek, which is the original language of the New Testament. The word prayer here, you want to write it down, means offered, prayers offered in great detail for the circumstances at hand. Jesus did not pray generic prayers. He prayed specific prayers for specific needs. And I'm saying to you, in order to get your prayers answered, you need to be specific about what you're praying for. If it's your marriage, if it's your finances, if it's your unsaved children, if it's your healing, if it's your whatever, whatever it is. But remember this, anything you're asking for your own self and God won't get any glory from, don't expect Him to answer it. I'm telling you, God's interested in answering prayers if when your child's healed, He'll get the glory. When you, if when you buy that nice house and, and you get a boat, you don't go skipping out church 20 Sundays out of the year now because God gave you a boat. 
I'm not running for anything. I'm just a preacher, okay? I'm just here to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. That's all my job is, okay? So don't get mad at me. When you go home, you just, you know, I'm just the agitator in your washing machine. I'm not here as a big polar bear in the pulpit and you sitting like penguins in the pew. I'm here to rock your boat. Yeah. I'm not here about three points on a poem. If you're looking for that, there are a thousand Frigidaire churches out there. But this one is filled with the Spirit. And I'm here to represent the Word of God. And I'm here to tell you that if all you want to be is receive, 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 and never give back, you're going to be like the Dead Sea. It's dead for a reason. Okay. Specific. And look what the Bible says. In part B of this verse, how did he pray? With supplication and vehement cries and tears. I'm telling you, buddy, I've had some critical moments where I had to cry to God. I've had to pray out loud. The word here, the word says in the New Living Translation, he prayed in loud cries, meaning an outcry of lamentations in the sense of a cry for help of one who is deeply distressed in danger. Vehement. Loud. You remember the three girls that were held for 10 years who turned into women by a sex addict? You remember, was it Cleveland, Ohio? You, you, know, I, you remember the guy since killed himself? The girl, one of the girls cried through a screen door at a man who came back from McDonald's and she didn't say, help me, help me, mister. This was her do or die because she was in bondage and captivity for 10 years. And let me tell you something, friends. I'm just like Pastor Jeff. There's going to be a Super Bowl and folks are going to cry out, Go Peyton, go Seahawks. And I'm not, everything has its place. But if I'm in trouble, I'm going to swallow my stinking pride and cry out to God and say, God, help me, Jesus! That's how Jesus prayed. He prayed so passionately until his sweat became as great drops of blood. It's kind of namby-pamby. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. If that's all you know to pray, you might as well go ahead and let him take your soul. <laughs> if somebody cuts you off on the highway, if you find words to say out loud. I saw on the news this week where a lady who is more of a senior adult age was stuck in the ice in her car. Everything was snarled and she was running out of gas. She had a walking cane because her shoulder. And she saw a man coming down the road walking evidently to his house. And she cried out to him. And he responded and took her by the arm as she had a walking cane walking in the snow and ice and took her in his house where he and his little boy live. Uh, Did you all see it? Anybody? And, And kept her overnight like he would his mama. And the reason she got help is because she cried out. Some of us are in deep despair. We're hurting. We let our pride get in the way. And we won't walk down an aisle and cry out to God. And we won't raise our hands and say, I need you, God. It's not God's fault. And he's not deaf. But sometimes if you are in a critical condition, buddy, you don't need somebody to tell you, pray. I I I want you to understand. The Bible says he was heard because of his prayer. Did did anybody see that here? He prayed to the one who was able to save him, meaning God. And he prayed, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. That's another part of praying like Jesus, okay? It's praying in the will of God. 
Jesus came to die, but he thought maybe his agony in the flesh was so horrendous. What was facing him was so terrible in the garden that he prayed, God, you can save me from death if it be your will. You, God couldn't, didn't need to release a thousand angels. God didn't even need to release one angel to save Jesus. God just had to speak the word. But the Lord said, it's my will that you exchange your life for theirs. And God heard him because of his godly fear, his reverent submission. I'm not going to get to all the points, but listen to me. You don't approach Jesus and say in your prayers, how you doing, good buddy? He's not your good buddy. But am I a friend of God? Yes, you are by his choosing, not by yours. Same for Alan. You know, I don't mind you. I prefer you call me Pastor Alan if I've earned it, but I don't mind you calling me Alan. I don't mind me calling you, you calling me, hey, you. But I do mind you messing up the name of God and the name of Jesus. I do mind you profaning his presence, okay? I, I, do, I do believe in his in, in reverence and holiness and, and, and he was submitted to the Father. Even though he was God, one of the triune of the Godhead, he submitted himself and became flesh. Nobody made Jesus die. Did anybody hear me? He voluntarily. And I'm saying to you, some people come flippant to church. And act like they're in Disney World. I paid my ticket. Somebody entertained me. And some of them don't even pay nothing. Go Broncos. Okay. Uh, submission. When you pray, it's not like, I already told this joke before. I'll just tell it again. The woman so desperate for a husband, she met Will. She met Bill, rather. And she said to God, you have your will, but give me Bill. And that's how we pray. You know, you know, I really want you to have your will, but I prefer this above that. He knows what's best for you. And the, and the reason some of us... Oh, I don't... Mm, 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 mm. Okay. Yeah, 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 I know. Here, here are some places. Put on the screen for me. First John 5, 14 and 15. Jesus was heard and we will be heard when we pray. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to what? I didn't hear you. His will. He will do what? And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. But he said, for some reason, he chose the instrumentality of prayer. Seek, ask, and knock, and then you'll be heard. Let me show you how Jesus prayed in critical moments. Number one, Jesus prayed at the time before he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. You remember after he was baptized in the river Jordan by his cousin John the Baptist, he was led out into the wilderness and he fasted and prayed for 40 days, had no food or no water, and the devil showed up to tempt him. Look at Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and following. This is what happened with Jesus. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he did what? Prayed, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. 
It's important to note that Jesus was not praying a prayer of repentance here. He didn't need to repent. He committed no sin. What Jesus was praying is for the strength of the Holy Spirit at this critical moment because he knew that he would be tempted of the devil while he had fasting and praying going on. And the devil showed up. The devil told Jesus in the wilderness when he got hungry because he hadn't drank or eaten in 40 days, there were stones on the desert floor like rocks. And the devil says, take one of these rocks, a stone, and turn it into bread because you're God. Do you remember how... Because you remember later he takes loaves and fishes and multiply. And Jesus rebuked him with the word. Every one of you are going to be tempted. You go ahead and say amen or only, but every one of us are going to be tempted. I've been tempted. I can't tell you the number of times since I've been saved that I've been tempted and I yield to it and I was wrong. So don't sit up there looking like you're some kind of, all right, all right, now just going to be nice to them, Alan. Be nice to them. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be matter of fact. We all going to be tempted. And the first thing he said to him, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Next time the devil shows up and he says, you know what? You, 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 if you bow down to me, I'll give you the kingdoms of all the world because he's the prince and the power of the air and this present world, the devil is in charge to a certain degree because of man's free will and the devil's free will to disobey God. But Jesus didn't need the kingdom of the world. He created the world. The Bible says in John, in the beginning was the word, and the word was, was, the word was with God, and the word is God, meaning that Jesus is the word. So if anybody needs a kingdom, it'll be the devil, but he's got one now, and he'll be there casting the bottomless pit in hell not long from now, because we're so close to the coming of the Lord. You remember the, remember the third temptation? He told, he tried to, Get Jesus to abort the cross and not go to Calvary to die for our sins. And then we would be eternally lost on our way to hell if Jesus didn't die for our sins. Like Pastor Jeff told you, we'd have to pay the penalty. And, and he took Jesus up. The devil took Jesus up on a high pinnacle, a very high mountaintop or a high pinnacle of the temple maybe. And uh, he told Jesus, he said, you throw yourself down. Because it is written, the Lord will give angels charge over you to help you. The devil knew the Bible. He could quote it. I know some devils who know the Bible. They're folks who use the Bible and spiritualize things. There's some guy who will meet a gal or a gal will meet a guy and they, they're already married and they'll come and say, oh God, help me. I better stand. I've had them come say to me, Pastor, it's God's will for me to leave my wife. Because she's not as spiritual. And I'm going to another level. And I've met this other lady. And you know what? I, listen, listen. You won't believe. I, I'm coming down there amongst yons. Turn up some light. Turn up some light. I don't know if some folks think I got a sign on my head that says he is stupid. He'll believe anything. I think Pastor Jeff has had the same experience and some of you others. So God wants you to tear up your marriage, break up your home, and marry somebody else and spiritualizing it. I've had people tell me, a spouse come to me and say, uh, my husband doesn't work, 
because he's spending time with God, and I have two jobs, and we have three, uh, two, two, two children. He's spending time with God and seeking God because God's called him to a higher level. Boy, the SOS comes on me right there. <laughs> if you're new to this church, SOS means a spirit of slap. <laughs> See, I was born at night. They tell me on my grandmother's bed in Trinidad, but I've lived for 57 years as of last Monday, and I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. Please, I know I've almost lost my mind, but what little I got left, I can read you like a book. I'm praying over some of you, and y'all don't even know I know your junk. Pray for me, brother. My wife is not here. She's in Maryland, and you, you give in to temptation. So easy. You're like the woman who went to the store and she couldn't resist buying this expensive dress to which she and her husband agreed that we're not spending any more money on clothing for the next few months till we get other bills paid. She went to the store and saw this nice dress. She knew that what they had agreed that he was going to spend nothing on clothing. She ain't, but she tried it on in here just to see how it looks on. Man, it looks so good. She bought it, went home, and told him, and tried it on for him. He said, honey, you look lovely, but didn't we make an agreement that we're going to spend no money? And didn't we say that we'll tell the devil, like Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan, and quote the Bible, and that's what Jesus did, the word. And he said, she said, well, I did that. I looked in the mirror, it looked good, and I said, get thee behind me, Satan. And he, she said, I bought it because the devil said when he was behind me, it looks good from behind too. <laughs> I'm going to get back up here and get to preaching. It's amazing how we could take the Bible and give ourselves a license to do the wrong thing. You know, First Peter about 5 and 8 says, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for whom he devour. Look, look, look at Luke 4 and 1. Do you have it? It may be one slide back. Hey, listen, guys, I, it's 1237, but you all, all you're going to have tonight is guacamole and chips and dip and all that. And I got my place reserved. Do I still have my place reserved? Thank you, brother. Yes. So just hang in here. You need some spiritual food here before you go and Golden Corral or somebody else's fried green tomatoes or whatever. I'm not mad at nobody, but listen, here. If that game goes over time, you stand in that TV. So if I go a little over time, trust me. Okay? If you got to go to work. You know what? Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned to the Jordan after he was tempted. He returned to the desert. This is prior to his going to the, to the Jordan. Let me get it right. Going to the desert. Jesus, full of the Spirit, returned from the Jordan, was led by the Spirit to the desert, what I just described, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Then give me the next scripture. If Jesus was tempted, what makes you and I think we're not going to be tempted? The next scripture you had on a moment ago, Peter 5 and 8, where it says, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And if you're born again, he's not going to excuse you. He's running out of time. Can I get an amen here? None of us are excluded from the temptations of the world or to fear or to worry or to become anxious 
or to offend, all of us are tempted. And, and I'm saying to you the same. Look, put it on the screen for me. Oh, help me, Lord Jesus. Mm-mm. Here's another place where Jesus prayed. He prayed at the selection of his apostles. Look at the word of God. Luke 6, 12 and 13. Jesus had disciples out of whom he was going to choose apostles before he left. Look at Luke 6, 13 on the screen. 6, 12 and 13. Now it came to pass in those days that he, Jesus, went out from them to the mountain to do what? Pray. And he continued what? And louder. All night in prayer to God. Let me read the rest. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And from them, he chose 12 whom he named apostles. Keep it on the screen. This scripture passage tells us something very unique about the process of selecting leaders in the church and in ministry. Do you know the ministry of Elijah didn't fall accidentally on Elisha? It was the hand of God. I'm going somewhere with this. Walter L. Lilfield, in his exposition of this scripture about Jesus praying all night, said this. Jesus spent an entire night in prayer, a sure indication that the circumstances were pressing. One of those circumstances was the selection to be made of the twelve apostles. And Jesus sought his father's will in selecting the apostles. And when he went to do it, he did it after praying all night long. What is the lesson here, Pastor? We need to seek divine direction and blessings in great emergencies. We have important duties as mothers and fathers and employers and employees and husband and wife or sons or daughters. We need to encounter the power of the Holy Ghost when special emergencies or regular time comes up. You know, if you're prayed up, you don't have to pray as hard when the emergency comes. What's the lesson? We should make special time and pray for God's direction and blessings. All right, let me show you something. The Super Bowl is happening tonight. Do you know some folks stayed up all night last night getting ready for the Super Bowl? Players, camera people, television people. Do you know that? Do you know somebody cooking the Boston bot somewhere early today so they can have it ready for? Do you know people in America on Black Friday in November? I feel a whoop glory coming up. They'll spend all night outside the store, not even open yet, in the cold with their little chair and their iPad and their this and that because they want a big screen TV or they've got to get this, this X game for their kids and they'll stay all night to get it. I can preach by myself or I can preach with your help. You know, you know what? I just, I, I, can't, I can't be still here. I got to, I, I just going, just give me a minute, Okay. I, I have a master's degree. I have two master's degrees. I have a, a, a graduate degree, but, but let me just, so let me just be me, okay? The shoes were getting in my way. I hate those shoes. I don't know why I buy them because the laces, the laces keep on, on being unlaced, okay? So, okay. Oh, Valerie, pray for me, girl. People will spend all night if some rock band showing up who are demon-possessed to get tickets so they can go. Okay? And they, they, their world is going to hell in a handbasket. Somebody's on meth. Somebody is on booze. Somebody is a, a, a pedophile. Somebody is a, a, is a 
a cheat and a liar, somebody is going through something else and rocking their world, or they have some things in their lives that they need God to help them with, and they're Christian people now. I'm talking about Christians now. I wasn't talking about those others prior, but Christian people, they'll stay. If the Super Bowl goes over time, they'll be there. If, the, if, the, if somebody's coming to town and they're secular, they'll skip church and go there. And I, I, I'm not here to criticize, but Jesus, who was God, prayed all night long, and we won't even give God five minutes of our time you'll go to the counselor you'll go to the psychiatrist you'll go to the doctor and wait an hour and a half to see the doctor and spend hundreds of dollars and I don't mind the doctor I've been to the doctor but you won't go to Dr. Jesus for one hour a week Then you come and want to make an appointment with the staff and get free advice. I'm not against it, but I ain't. Listen, don't even put my cell number anywhere. Don't even put my, I don't have an email address. Don't send me nothing unless you got a testimony, okay? I'll see you. I'll make time. Call Ann. <laughs> Ann is my executive assistant. My phone does not ring in my office. I can't do the business of 1,419 members by myself or do some stuff that you already know to do. I love you. You understand. I went to the, I went to the home yesterday, last evening, uh, about 5 o'clock. I went to visit a lady who will be 87 years old who is in assisted living. I know some stuff about this church that none of you know about. I know right now a family's on an airplane going to another state to help their the family member who is in desperate condition. I know right now some stuff I can't tell you. I'm not here to show up to get a paycheck. I'll do this whether I get paid or not. Because I'm all in for Jesus. Okay? I'm not here. I'm not worried about the debt and I'm not worried about breaking attendance. What I'm worried about is when I get to heaven, I, I want to hear God say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Now, I'll make you ruler over many. I'm not going to heaven for the streets of gold and the walls of jasper and gates of pearl and I'm going to get me a mansion. What I want with a mansion living there by myself. Oh, when I get to heaven, I'll have my own mansion and my own butler and my old Rolls Royce. What Bible are you reading from? The word mansion in the Gospel of John means rooms. There are many rooms. What well, I'm be living in a mansion when I can walk on streets of gold and I have all the food I want, live by the river of life, and my body, will, I never have to need sleep because i got a glorified body. I'm not preaching here because I want some kind of robe and crown and ring and, and all these kind of awards. I'm preaching here to tell you that this world is not my home. I'm just passing through, okay? But I have a home somewhere in glory and God got my name on the road. Come to the music, please. Yeah, I ain't finished. I'm just, I'm just making y'all think I'm finishing. I'll... You know, here in, in churches, we select people just random to make them leaders and apostles and pastors and bishops. They carry a big Bible. And we think, they should be preaching now. The Bible says, lay no hands on anybody suddenly. I mean, don't anoint them for something suddenly because you... I don't have the power to make you a preacher, a pastor, a pope, or a minister. Only God. I have wanted to lay some hands on people suddenly. 
but I'm no bigger than I, yeah. So I can't back up my mouth in the flesh. And that's why I built this shield so I could hide behind it. I'm not playing with you. Folks want the title, but they don't want to carry the cross. Folks want the blessing, but they don't want to intercede and fast and pray. The disciples fell asleep on Jesus and scattered when he got arrested. They wouldn't even pray one hour. Had they prayed and stayed awake, they might have been able to stay with Jesus. There's one more place. I have six of them, but I'll stop right here where Jesus prayed. And he prayed because he was compassionate for his friend, Mary and Martha, his friends and their brother Lazarus, who was dead. Put it on the screen. Jesus prayed. The third point I'm trying to make is another critical moment when he prayed was at the tomb of his friend Lazarus. Just like you need friends, I need friends. And Lazarus and Mary and Martha, sisters and brother, would often host Jesus while he was an itinerant evangelist. And they'd stay, he'd stay in their house. And they were good friends. And Lazarus got sick and Jesus was in another town. And they sent word to Jesus. And Jesus waited four days before he came, even though he was his friend. And the man died. And when Jesus said, now it's time for us to go and pray for Lazarus, they already found out he was dead. And the disciples said, well, Lord... He's dead. Jesus said, he's just sleeping. Because for those who are in Christ and die, they're just sleeping. And they open their eyes in glory. But he waited long enough to perform a miracle because it's one thing to heal a man who's dying, but it's a greater miracle to raise a man from the dead. Can I, how can your situation get any more worse than dying? Oh, I'm like Job. No, you're not. Neither am I. But we feel acquainted with him sometimes because of what we're going through. But what can be more critical in your life than your husband dying unexpectedly or your wife dying unexpectedly or somebody gets the, the tragic news that their 19-year-old son was in an accident and he died instantly. I've been to the emergency rooms. I've been, to, I've been the first one to see the body. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't relish in all that, okay? I, I have been with families who are told she has only one week to live. I've been, I've been there and, and it's not pleasant. But everywhere I've been, God went there before I got there. It wasn't me. It was God. Jesus shows up and his sisters say, he's dead. Look, look, look put, this, put it on the screen. Come praise team. I want you to get ready and line up and come past the chat. Jesus told them, take away the stone. Because back then, you know, they buried, they had like a mausoleum kind of thing in the, in the mountainside where they buried more than one body and they had a large stone that they'd move when they buried the next family member and such. And they said, but Lord, by now it's four days. His body has decayed and he's dying. I mean, not dying. He's dead. He's stinking is what it means. His body, although it was embalmed, is now rotting. Jesus said, take away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Can I get an amen? And that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe you sent me. Next verse, please. Now, when he had said these things, get ready now, because I'm going to be loud. <laughs> I prepared you. You ready? One, two, three. He cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. I heard one preacher say it this way, and I liked it. The reason why he just didn't say come forth without saying Lazarus, because if he said come forth, every dead person would have come forth. He got that kind of power. 
And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus, oh, Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Tomorrow, February the 3rd, is one year to the day that I was afflicted with depression, anxiety, fear, panic attack, and suicidal thoughts. I was out of this pulpit for seven weeks. I've been the pastor here almost 29, it'll be 29 years in March. I've never been out of this pulpit for more than two weeks in a row. Pastor Jeff and Pastor JC preached. I'm saying this for the newcomers, okay? On Super Bowl Sunday last year, at 3.30 in the morning. Do you know that there's some things that happen in your life you'll never forget where you were and what you were doing? I came to America on November 12, 1968. I'll never forget that. I remember exactly where I was on 9-11, 2001. And I'll never forget tomorrow's date. My wife called and talked to me yesterday. She said, you know what Monday is? I said, honey, I've been, I've been thinking about that for all year. Are you going to be okay without me? Because I was afraid to stay by myself. I've traveled to India. I've traveled to Africa. I've been away from home nights and weeks. Hotels and motels all over the, all over the world. Even in a tent in Africa. And I was afraid to stay home alone. I, was, I, I flew all over the world and I was afraid to fly from Atlanta to, to Germantown. It was starting all over again. I, I went... That day on Super Bowl last year, I, was, I called JC at 6.30 in the morning. And I said, you're going to have to preach. I had, my body was shaking like this. I, I'm not making it up. I was there. I'm not telling you somebody else. My body was shaking. I would get cold. I'd put the covers. I'd throw it off. I'd feel like I want to. I was nauseated. It went on for three hours. Then it stopped. I laid on the couch and read the book. I was reading the book, Killing Lincoln by O'Reilly. And felt better about 12 o'clock. Watched the Super Bowl that night. Got up and came to the office the next day. And the staff said to me, but pastor, I thought you were sick. Because they know I don't miss Sunday. I said it was food poisoning. Two days later, it came back. It didn't come with the shaking, but it came with panic, depression. And my wife was getting ready to go to work, having been a principal of the elementary school for seven years. She's now retired. And I said, honey, my body's not shaking here right now but I'm fearful and later on the day my knees would shake my hands would shake by seven o'clock that night I was sitting in the counselor's office of a church Peter Cimento I had to do a membership class that night Wednesday and he came with me the following week I called the elders in together I called the staff in I had been to Dr. Guy Arnold who is my physician I had been other things I knew I had talked to others who had this and I had I had, I could not, I couldn't come to this building. It, I was, we were building a $6.675 million project, including the loan that we had previously. And I looked forward to it so much, but I couldn't even come in this building. I didn't want to see a picture because I was so full of fear and depression that, the, that everything I've, I've lived for and got done for God is going to go. The devil told me, please indulge me, those of you who already heard it. The devil told me I'm never going to preach again. And the devil told me I'll never dedicate this church. And I believed him. 
And while I did not have the courage to take my own life, I could not see how I could live anymore. I'm telling you the truth. If I'm standing anywhere, okay? I have preacher friends that I've talked to that have spent three years in this. Louis Giglio is the pastor of Passion City Church in Atlanta. He'd been through depression, severe manic depression. The pastor Perry, Perry Noble of Anderson, South Carolina has five campuses, 30,000 members, has had depression. He told it to everybody. I went to Guy Arnold, my doctor. I went to, I went to Peter Tremento, my counselor, because I had to swallow my stinking pride. And let the world know that I'm not super pastor. I went to my chiropractor and I still go, Dr. Matt Davis. I went to a psychiatrist that I thought only nuts people go there. I went to psychiatrist Dr. Sheila Cannon, who is an African-American woman that I've been seeing now for almost a year. And I went to the elders and I went to the church and I sent you a video and I heard some of the most terrible stories. Folks, I'd get up and I'd try to walk down the steps. And my, when I missed seven Sundays, I couldn't go to a church. I'd get up and my knees would shake. But somewhere in that journey, the Lord said, loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. I'm back and I'm never going back there again. I still have some medication I take. I still see the psychiatrist, but I'm telling the devil, he's a liar. I'm back. I'm back. And I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. Oh, Lord. Lift up your hands and praise. Come prayer team. Start singing, brother. Come prayer team. And if you need to pray, if you're critical, come on down. Come on down. We're in overtime, but this is good. Swallow your pride. I don't care if you came here a hundred times. If it's your marriage, if it's your money, if it's children, somebody waiting to pray for you. Everybody raise your hands and worship the Lord while you come. Nobody's here to judge you. Come alone. Come with somebody else. It's critical, Pastor. He wants to loose you and let you go. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Come, 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 come. Sing it again. Yes, I Come, somebody's waiting to pray for you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.